from the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you. Hi, this is Patrick Timpone, and it's July 20, uh, 2022. And if you'd like to be on the show and talk to Adam Bergstrom, here's his telephone number, 888-663-6386, 888-663-6386. Email Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. A little bit later on uh, today, I think around 1 o'clock, after Adam and lunch, we'll, uh, we're going to talk to uh, Matthew Errett. He's a very interesting researcher and geopolitical, uh, you know, maven, and uh, we're going to be digging into what China and Russia are up to, and I suspect it's no good. <laughs> Whatever. So, we'll have fun. Uh, our email again is Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com, and then we're going to take tomorrow off to work on screenplays, and uh, that's our life, you know. It's uh, the, the weather folks, who I don't even listen to anymore, I never listen to them, but I, every now and then would see a little notice, it's going to be this and that. I just forget doing that since we're creating our own weather. But I did see, and I and I shouldn't have even looked at it because they said it's going to be 106. So I got I think I'm going to minus that 10 and say maybe it's going to be 95. But it's been warm here, and let's see what's going on in Montecito, California with Adam Bergstrom. Yes, no, maybe. Chronobiotic nutrition, give me coffee, and no one gets hurt. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's a great meme. Give me coffee and nobody gets hurt. That's right. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Patrick. Nice to see you, brother. Adam Bergstrom is... Beautiful downtown Montecito. Montecito, California. Going to be 80 today. Oh, you guys are breaking my heart, right? You can grab 25. Inland, it's really hot like uh, it is back there. If you go into the Sacramento Valley in the uh, Bakersfield area, whoa, it's hot. <laughs> really hot, huh? But you guys are near the, how far are you from the ocean? Yep. How, how it's far? It's really, really hot. How far are you from the ocean? Uh, I can see it from here. Oh, you can? It's about wow. two miles straight. If, if I was a bird, I could fly there in uh, easily. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, we can see it on both sides here because uh, there's islands out there, beautiful Pacific. It's really nice. Yeah. Say about two miles. We just got back from the farmer's market. Um, during the hot months, they've changed it to 9 o'clock instead of 3 o'clock. So it gives us a chance to run over there. It's only 15 minutes. You know, grab our goat's milk and our meat and our eggs, and uh, we made it back here and just in time. It's a beautiful little <laughs> farmer's market. Um, so I wanted to... If you have a question for Adam, they have emails, patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Adam does a blog on One Radio Network. It's really a nice blog, and he, he posts it every, you know, what, two or three times, four times a week sometimes, depending on how much coffee he drinks. And and then and then he has Yes, No, Maybe, Chronobotic and Nutrition, his book, which is a hardcover, and then also solartiming.com and Sunsync Nutrition. Solar Timing, that's where you get all the books, right? That's where all... All your ebooks. He has a bunch of ebooks. He has so many ebooks on yellow fat disease. He may get yellow fat just by making. No, he won't, he won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fourteen of them. Wow. I I have vowed to stop. <laughs> oh, you vowed to stop? No more, no more yellow fat for you, huh, dude? Well, you know, after a while, what can you do? You know. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I love that meme. 
Just give me coffee and nobody's going to get hurt here. Amen. Amen. I'm having a little cobalamine this morning. You know, it's so funny how the body is. So I went for like two or three months with no coffee. I don't know what I was into me, right? And then all of a sudden, about a week ago, no, no, I think I'm, I'm going to go back and have some. <laughs> the body's interesting, boy, what it tells you, right? Man, it'll... It'll give you it clues. Is. I never drank coffee till I was uh, in my 40s. Is that early right? 40s. And that's when John Hulay told me it was good for my health. <laughs> and to drink it on Monday and Thursday only. Oh. Well, there I blew he that said, one. Because those are the two most stressful days of the week. When people go back to work on a Monday, heart attacks are 10 times more at that time uh, on Monday. And then he said Thursday because it was the day before you got your paycheck on Friday and you were broke and figuring out how you were going to make it (laughs) till Friday. And being having worked about 90 or 100 jobs back in the day before I was self-employed, I know what that feeling's like. And and plus, I I guess there's also a little bit of anxiety of good stuff. What are we going to do this weekend? And you know, and all that stuff. And it'll it'll right. you know, yeah, it's hard on the body. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I like coffee. I probably drink about a quarter of it nowadays. Do you really? seem to uh, survive? Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, a poison. I've been poisoned all my life. I've been poisoned since my forties. Anyway. Ah uh, well, I. I if that's, you know, if it is not good for you, which I doubt, if that's the worst thing we do, then we're, we're in good shape. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Amen. It's like, come on. You know, if that's the worst we do. Um, you know, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about blood sugar and insulin. You probably know this stuff, don't you? Yeah, you probably know it. Um, so as you know, I've been experimenting with a new diet, heavy meat, animal-based diet, for almost two months now, meat and organ meats, uh, goat's milk, raw goat's milk, butter, a little bit of cheese, eggs, and fat, and a little fruit. So that's it. And I like it and, and everything. And I've been checking my blood sugar in the morning. And so when I just eat meat and butter and eggs maybe, I wake up my blood sugar is like 50. Sometimes it's 48 or 60. Now last night I had steak about six o'clock and I had a lot of fat you know a lot of fat extra fat even more so than was on the meat extra fat from fat that I get from the farmer's market and that's all I did nothing else and this morning when I got up at seven my blood sugar was 95 so fat must raise your blood sugar right I, th- I believe it, it can. It I must. Know for it, sure. It must. Not that it's bad. I'm just interested. And in like, what's up with that about, you know? Well, some of it also is if you're under any kind of stress or have had a tough day, that can make a difference and other unidentified things. Commonly, complex carbohydrates raise your blood sugar, but sugar won't, ironically. If you take sucrose, it won't. Glucose will. 
because we have a glucose spike right. and carbohydrates when they're complex are glucose plus glucose plus glucose in a chain. I beg your pardon. They break down quickly, raise your blood sugar. So rice or rice potatoes or pasta or... They will raise your blood pressure. Oh, yeah. But butter saves the day. So fat will actually save the day for that. And if you eat other foods with them, that like dietary fiber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of recall many years ago, some doctor told my mom that she had diabetes. And I kept telling her, Mom, you don't have anything. Your blood sugar is just a little that. Don't worry about it. But she, boy, she always remembered that. No, I have diabetes. You know how it is. She was, she was elderly. And, but they told her that fat raises the blood sugar. I always remember that. So evidently, the Diabetic Association believes that fat, so fat then must add them uh, initiate a, uh, an insulin response then? It has to, right? Yeah. My, that- my father had diabetes, and he went on basically a ketogenic diet, and he died at 54. Really? If it had sugar or loosened up a little, he had saccharin and all that other stuff, too. Yeah. And plus the diabetic drug probably didn't do him any favors. Oh, he was on His diabetic. kidneys, yeah. as it, with diabetics, his kidney failed, and uh, his eyesight failed. Common so, so I, I have noticed if I eat a little fruit uh, in the middle of the night, then my blood sugar goes up a little bit. But when I wake up, but not very much, maybe five points or something like that. So fructose, does that cause an insulin response? It's not supposed to. Oh, it's not but supposed to. But I've never to. checked my own blood on oh, that. I see. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never heard of a fructose spike or even a sucrose spike, just a glucose spike. And glucose, again, comes from complex carbs. Yes. You, you can't get uh, sucrose or fructose out of a complex carb. By definition, a complex carb is glucose linked to glucose, linked to glucose in a chain of glucose. Now, they used to think complex carb, it breaks down slowly because they're linked right, like right, that. Right. But actually, it breaks down faster. In, if you look at the glucose index... It always amused me because carrots would be 97 and table sugar would be 60-something. What? So, yeah, a carrot is much more higher on the glycemic index. But here's the trick. Uh, a carrot isn't all sugar. Uh, the table sugar is. So the little bit of sugar in it, it's really kind of an unfair combination hmm. because I have taken uh, – table sugar and got a little bit of a hit out of it but i've never got a glucose spike yeah. at least feeling it out of a carrot the other morning when we had dr massey on my blood sugar was like 48 i mentioned it on the show with dr massey he said oh man you're just running on ketones ketones what are ketones well you know the ketones are actually more like an incomplete protein and when you take them out of your body though you're actually eating your own flesh. I don't <laughs> but when do that. you get them out of potatoes, out of or even fruit, they're fine because ketones can help with your blood sugar. But they can help with your blood sugar on your own when you get it from your own body, but you sacrifice your muscles and eventually you get in trouble with ketone. That's the problem with ketosis and oh. it is related to keto acidosis what the diabetics get. So, despite what they say, so that's why the carnivores or the the uh, keto diet people lose weight because 
when you're in ketosis, you burn fat, right? Yep, and muscles. Oh, muscles. Burn muscles. Well, I don't want to do that. But here's the fun. Yeah. See, a lot of people think that a carnivore is in ketosis. No, a lion is not in ketosis. You can feed a lion almost straight meat. They're not going to go into oh, ketosis. Oh, so maybe I'm not in ketosis. They're not starving. Maybe I'm not they're in not ketosis. eating their own flesh. Oh, maybe I'm not. So maybe Dr. Massey just spoke out of, I don't know. Maybe just so just because your blood sugar see is low doesn't mean you're in ketosis. Is that correct? Not really. Okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. There's all kinds of factors that can affect blood sugar. In fact, even shock right away your blood sugar goes down. So one way to be in low blood sugar is be in shock. In other words, get your IRS bill or uh, sure. <laughs> or or find out that your wife is having an affair with someone else great for dropping blood sugar but in general though adam low blood sugar isn't just like is not necessarily better well i mean obviously 70 is better than 150 right in the morning but low between 40 50 60 70 80 90 could could someone make an argument that the lower is is preferable for our health and well-being or it probably is different for everybody right I, yeah, I, it is different for everybody. That, yeah. that is something to consider because some people do much better as a carnivore and some people do good as a vegan. Yeah, right. I, I'm, an, I have, I'm a vegetarian pretty much, but a vegan, I just couldn't do it. Yet I have a friend. She's a woman. She's a roofer. She's one of the most uh, swims, athletes, super athlete. She just eats a head of lettuce <laughs> at a time. Yeah. I don't know how she does it, but... I couldn't do it. Look at Mr. Eatsall. He ate Cessna airplanes and yeah, shopping well, he, carts. He had so a lot of salt with it, too, which is good. you got to have your salt, you know, when he, Mr. Mr. Eatsall. Right. Oh. <clears throat> there are general rules in, in uh, nutrition, but then you have people that go this way and people that go sure. that way. So yeah. we all have uh, slight uh, differences. I mean, some people can drink 80 cups of coffee a day. <laughs> not me <laughs> man I'd be sometimes I can only do like a quarter of a cup you know I do a quarter of a cup I get a nice little hit and I'm, I'm good I don't even need anymore like now I've been nursing this one for half an hour you know and I've still got three quarters of a cup so it's it's real interesting the body is um, a fascinating little thing but um, the, the one the one concept Adam Bergstrom that I really him enjoying, been thinking about and meditating on, contemplating on, Dr. Massey talked about, is that the, the body really is always healing, isn't it? It's always healing. Isn't that fun when you think about it like that? It's our always... usual medical model is based on disease. On disease. It really <laughs> is. Our body is seeking health. Seeking health. So as long as we accommodate it, it will seek health. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even have to do anything except say, body, do your thing. That's what I do, baby. Do your thing, man, because, yeah. And it, it just takes so much of the stress out of the idea, well, you know, this is going on, or I got edema for a minute. You might not even have it tomorrow, as you've experienced, right? It goes away, drink some orange juice or whatever, and not look at it as something that's terrible and bad that you have to fix, right away we just don't have to fix it right away we are big fixers aren't we we humans we're fixers yeah yes we are 
Yeah, it's better to, uh, uh, Donald Lay always used to say, it's leave a well-running machine alone. Yeah. Don't mess with it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I learned from a medical doctor a long time ago, in the 60s, 70s, somewhere like that, here in Santa Barbara, that almost every medical, every doctor knows that almost every medical condition, if you leave it alone, it'll heal itself. It does. Even serious diseases like cancer. Yeah. Look at that guy who went to Greece. <laughs> he, did, he didn't want the treatment. He just wanted to be with his relatives and died. 45 years later, he came back to Florida to ask his doctors why he didn't die. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to die within the year. And all of his doctors were dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, that, you know, years ago, before radio and newspapers and doctors and stuff, people would just, they'd have a lot of stuff, I guess, if you would look at it on a blood test, but they didn't do anything about it, and they probably just, just fine, and they, they died mostly from arrows from Indians and stuff and gunshot wounds more than heart attacks. That's why shamanism worked so well because our medical system we think we're so fancy but other systems have worked too i remember reading uh, being a fan of farley mowat you know never cry wolf and all those type of books uh, mm -hmm. that he wrote and they made movies of about three or four of his books but anyway at one time he was traveling with a uh, an inuit through uh canada up up uh, northern canada and the guy got some fatal disease but he said i'll take care of it and it resolved. He resolved it. And normally, people die from that kind of blood poison or something, yeah. something of that nature. Yeah. So, you know, there's many mysteries, and the medical profession makes us believe that they have the answers. It's in the gene. It's in uh, radiation. It's in chemotherapy. It's in immunotherapy. It's in whatever they concoct. And actually, if you avoid that, you're much better off. Yeah. Or you could blame it on the Russians because that always works, right? The Russians, right. <laughs> the Russians did it, and oh, I, I think it was the Russians that caused my high blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, Putin did it definitely. Here's an email from Shannon. I'm listening to your blood sugar response after a fatty meal at night before bed. The higher morning blood sugar response may be a stress response from your body not having carbohydrates. How was your sleep last night? I did good last night, actually. Sometimes a cortisol response will cure, cause release of liver glycogen to raise your blood sugar. Okay, I know a lot of carnivores talk about high fasting blood sugar, and Ray Pete has spoken repeatedly about pairing protein and carbs so this doesn't happen. Just thought I'd be interested to hear what you Adam thinks about this. Well, yeah, but I mean, when I just do the pure meat, my blood sugar is very low. So, um, yeah, a lot of people think, I believe that it's good to have a little fruit or a little carbs with meat, like there's some carnivores that do honey and fruit. So that's their carbs, right? That's their carbs. They don't do... And honey's got a lot of carbs, doesn't it, honey? And, and mind over matter. Like I say, yeah. trauma will do more to alter your blood sugar one way or the other than anything you put in your mouth. <laughs> a stress response from your body not having carbs. Well, I don't know. I mean, that would be an argument that the body needs carbs, and we're, we're not sure if that's true for all of us all the time. Uh, you know, a lot of people... I think they need sugar because our brain yeah. runs on mm -hmm. glucose. Uh, but as for complex carbs, uh, we could 
do without them, but it's there to eat. It's a good food. Potatoes are a good food. Yeah, potatoes. A lot of carbs have different sizes, and one of the problems with complex carbs is the the molecules can get so small they can go into your blood vessels and give you a heart attack. Ray Pete has talked about right. that extensively. I. I found that so amazing, I went and looked up the research, and he's absolutely right. It has been shown, just mm. like he says. And and also, with a lot of complex carbs, pizza, cookies, cakes, or brown rice, or whatever you're going to do, oats, oats, and things like that, it does, you get a pretty good hit of insulin, and you get too much of that stuff running around, and that's been shown, proven, to cause heart atherosclerosis because it actually what inflames the inside of the arteries the insulin and then the cholesterol comes in to patches it up so it doesn't burst and then the calcium comes in and smooths it out and if you do that enough you know all of a sudden the blood can't get through and whoops <laughs> not good so this is called right. metabolic syndrome right metabolic syndrome too many causes which is mostly caused it's a a variety of yellow fat disease. How it's so? the omega-3 fatty acids that do that. Oh, it's the omega-3s, not necessarily all of the carbs. They're the ones that do it, yeah. Huh. If you eat saturated fat, you're pretty much protected. Yeah, you're but good. As Ray Pete explained, I believe on the last time you interviewed him, that the cholesterol is there. Remember the cholesterol ring, which is really common in iridology. Right. And I used to have a slit lamp doing that. But that really is cholesterol coming to defend against omega-3s. This is in medical textbooks. It's not just uh, some oh, kind of new the age the question thing. on the cholesterol ring with Ray Pete the other day. That's what he yes. said, right? So this cholesterol comes in there. That's what Ray Pete said to this listener. You're probably having too many poofers or omega-3s. To defend. And if you keep eating the poofers, if, if you don't eat too many, the cholesterol will successfully defend it you won't get cholesterol rings and cholesterol buildups huh. and atherosclerosis and all of those diseases cholesterol is supposed to be in the cell not outside of the cell this is this t- takes you into revisi territory because he realized that everything has its proper location like in a russian nesting doll there's levels upon levels upon levels upon levels well cholesterol's home is inside the cell inside but the when cell. there's a threat it comes out of the cell to fight the threat of the omega-3 fatty acids being in the blood vessels. And everything gets messed up if it if there's too many omega-3s. Interesting. So we're going to dig more into Ravisi's work. You send me an email and we'll go through a lot of the things. It'll be fun. I know you've studied a lot. So, so, um, so that's the idea with insulin or some other inflammation in the arteries. Rather than stay in the cell, the cholesterol comes out. I got to go get these guys because that artery is going to bust. It's not supposed to do that. But it will if it needs to, is what you're saying. It's like levels. Uh, say uh, cholesterol is supposed to live in your house, not in your backyard. Right. Certain other things were supposed to be in your backyard. Like potassium is supposed to be in the house and sodium is supposed to be in the backyard. When they start switching places, then you have a problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for, for insulin... To cause damage to the arteries and do other weird stuff, does that mean one would have to have too high of a blood sugar, uh, too high insulin levels, like ongoing, all throughout the day, and just so over time, insulin just builds up and gets out there and does stuff? 
if the body sees it as a threat, definitely. But again, it varies between certain people, but definitely insulin causes the problem, not the glucose. Right. It's yeah. the insulin it's that the actually insulin. causes the actual damage. But the question is, it, it only causes a problem if, for whatever the person's metabolic structure is, you got too much running around, which would be a higher blood sugar, right? Yeah, that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. So is that an argument to keep the blood sugar low and still feel good without um, kind of having food or you're going to kill somebody? Is that an argument for that? Because you, you don't want the insulin running around? Trying yeah, to no, do stuff? you don't want free insulin okay. running around. Now, they actually use insulin for certain immunotherapies and stuff like wow. that, but it's really not a smart idea. Not a good thing. So the, is that an argument then to keep the blood sugar lower rather than higher i mean oh yeah yeah lower you want to keep it lower and that's why uh sugar will keep it lower well that's crazy that's crazy take it right up to the ceiling (laughs) so i'm going to test this out i have some beet sugar right so uh, I'll, i'll test out just the meat and the butter and see what my blood sugar is maybe 50 or 60 or whatever and then i'll do what time should I eat the, the blood sugar? The um, Let me see. Or not the blood sugar. What time should I eat the beet sugar to test it? Beet sugar really is a nighttime uh, sugar. Okay. But you can experiment with it and see if it does uh, different things at different times, too. If the sugar is uh, purified enough, it may not have that much of a timing effect. Really? That's why when, when I use a type of sugar I use, which is highly purified, uh I'm not sure how the difference will be. Okay. It'd be interesting that someone, to, including you, to checking the blood sugar and see what that does. Well, I will. So. I'm going to do it. I love to. It's an experiment. And I could just put the uh, the beet sugar, which I like to do some. I used to. I did, I'm not doing it lately, but in the goat's milk and drink that before bed or something, you know, and, you know, beet sugar and goat's milk's really good and see how the blood sugar shows up in the morning. So your theory is generally sugar like that shouldn't raise the blood sugar in the morning, right? Is what you're thinking? Um, it, it, if you eat fruit, it shouldn't. No, uh, but now, I'm talking about, fruit is talking about sugar. Like sugar. Banana will. No, I, I asked about sugar. sugar plain c- sugar. Yeah, plain Just sugar. out of the bowl. Yeah, C&H um, or, or, or beet sugar. Date sugar would be safest. Oh, it would be the safest. In the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, each one has a time. But again, the most purified it gets, I haven't seen the studies comparing the two. They always take one part of it in their studies and make conclusions. I'll give you an example of the most ridiculous one I ever saw. This was actually in a science magazine. It said, coffee raises blood pressure. And here's where's their test. They gave all these subjects, caffeine pills, not coffee, oh, caffeine, caffeine pills, pills and grapefruit juice. That's good. <laughs> and that proved that coffee raised, I, I mean, I slapped my forehead. Yeah. Couldn't believe that that was, that was actually in a science magazine. Ray yeah. Pete is especially good at seeing how preposterous some of these tests are and how they prove things that really are not true. You know, a lot of the uh, the carnivore people I've been, I've been looking listening to they say that that whole thing happened with the book what was the book about um uh being a vegetarian was the best way, thing ever the china study the china was it the china study yeah and 
they think they said that whole thing was all just jimmied up that this dude jimmied it up and it was a lot of it was just people filling out forums saying what they ate over the month right who's going to get that right i mean i can't even remember what i had for dinner last night what's going to how are you going to tell how much protein you had over during the week during the month i mean come on and those aren't I studies i'm not a big fan of the chinese yeah those aren't I, studies I right they're not studies they're they're surveys you know they're surveys also, a lot of the testing they do, and this is Ravisi again, hmm. are incorrect. Like when you measure for iron and potassium, they never they say they do a blood test. What part of the blood? They never tell you. Ravisi would do the red blood cell, hmm. he would do the serum, and he would do the ratio between them. Without that, you have no knowledge. Like you're low on potassium, you're actually high on potassium, because in cancer, the potassium in a cell is 66% higher in the cell, but it's not even in the serum. That's so crazy. people, doctors will foolishly say, this person is dying of potassium, uh, lack of potassium, give them potassium, feeding the cancer. And this happens with magnesium, it happens with all the elements. They have no idea what they're testing. It's so incomplete that that you really are in the fog when you go for a medical blood test. Uh, Ravisi, he sounds like this fellow was uh, just really on top of his game, wasn't he? Really on top of his game. He, he was an absolute genius, as as uh, Dr. August pointed out. The lady we talked uh, to, what was it, As last I week? wrote you in an email, the, the problem was uh, she wants to worship Ravisi, which I do. Sure. I'm not, not dissing that at all. But she wants to stop there and then retreat to a cubicle and office and working. Ravisi had a 145-bed hospital. He had uh, he had a, an anti-aging uh organizations, all kinds of things. He had a textbook, and his textbook was issued by Van, Van Nordstrom, which was a major medical uh, publishing company. They were ordered by Big Pharma to burn everyone that wasn't sold out. Wow. So they burned 40,000, destroyed 40,000 books of the 50,000, 50, and to find a Ravisi textbook until that crazy pharmacist put it up on the internet, was really difficult. One of those books was going for $700 on the internet yeah. before he did that. Well, as you know, Dr. August, she she only has a certain amount of um, resources to do what she's doing, but I agree with That's you. That's the problem. And I know that you'd wanted to do it, would love to do it, and really take out... I mean, so if you had like a billion dollars, which you can get because, you know, we can get whatever we want, what would you do? How would you... Um, put together Ravisi's work, like you had a couple million or something. What could you do with that? First of all, you would have the correct testing so you could trace uh, mm. cancer. See, uh, what happens in the medical profession is they, they uh, have one solution and they go into either chemo or whatever, but they go in there blindly. They're mm. in the fog. Ravisi wanted to find out what stage the cancer was in or any disease. Any disease has a negative and a positive. Basically, carbon dioxide heavy or oxygen heavy. It's either reductive or it's oxidative. Mm -hmm. 
But they don't take that into factor that the body has its own chemotherapy. That's why he called it guided chemotherapy, not because it was chemotherapy like we know chemotherapy. He used very simple drugs that weren't even patented except for one or two maybe. He used just simple chemicals like baking soda, you know, or or uh, phosphorus, something like that to get the acid alkalinity going one way or the other. Now, guided means basically he he watched how it was going. If your disease went to the alkaline state, it required a different type of treatment. If it went to the acid state, another type of treatment. So when people go and get, uh, as an example, they go and get chemotherapy for prostate disease. Not a smart idea. But when they do, if you urinate out, uh, you can do a simple urine test. And if you come out with uh, hydrogen peroxide in your urine, uh, you have one result. And if you don't, you have another result. In other words, you can't take the second test. I had a friend of mine that didn't do that test. He got the second dose of chemo, and he was dead. You know, wow. simple, simple as that. Those tests could be done in standard, but you could avoid all of them. In the foreword to Rabisi's textbook, he goes into the downside of immunotherapy, the downside of chemo, the downside of Materia Medica, all the different drugs they have. You notice there's, there's thousands maybe hundreds per year of new drugs that come for cancer oh the blood of the horseshoe crab works fifty thousand dollars a quart will cure you but but does it cure the alkaline state or the acid state they don't tell you that and they don't know so basically it's a crapshoot yeah yeah the whole cancer thing is such a mess Uh, so um well one of the things with this dr august interview i really liked her uh, but I I don't know, and I, I could have done more research, but I was just a dumb talk show guy, to really dig in more to his work, so I could have asked her better questions. To I'm sure she knew a lot about the Ravisi work that I never, we never really got into, you know, because I, I didn't know what to ask her. But, so, maybe I'll read that first chapter, take some notes, and then have her back on, you know, that kind of thing. Or you could come back in with her if you want. We'll do three, man, and ask her a bunch of questions. Yeah, she knows a lot. Now, here's one of the problems. Ravisi came from an error before the doctors started complicating mm. their science. So, so Dr. August was really into membranes. And, of course, we know through structured water and how our body works, there's really no bilayer membrane like she goes on and on about. Ravisi just called it a boundary. It didn't matter if it was a membrane or how it worked. There are boundaries and we build up. The cell is different than the serum. The serum is different than the, or, than the organs. And you can go down into the organelles and down into the, 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 the chromomeres, the chromomata, the chromosomes, all the way down into the, the atom right. or the electron. But they're not necessarily layers in between them, boundaries. There's no, because they're all... Just one blob, right? It's just one big... Well, the whole body actually is in the boundary like a Russian nesting doll. And here's how it works. Hmm. Uh, let's take an example of uh, Montecito, California here. Okay. We're going to pretend it's the body. Okay. Here I am, and I need a protective layer, like I'm the atom. So I need electrons around me to protect me. This is my room here. 
I'm I'm protected from the heat. I got air conditioning. I well, I actually don't, but we're pretty much protected here. Okay, now the house though needs protection. If you have the house in the middle of uh, uh, a dangerous place or the water, it's not going to be good. So we have a backyard. That's our territory. That's the next boundary layer out. Then beyond that, you have the local community you know they have the neighborhood watch so that people don't break into your homes and stuff like that then after that you have the boundary of the town and then you have the county and then you have the state and then you have the nation and then you have the world so the body works just like that there's no uh i can't find an actual boundary for my backyard but it's created there because if I go into the so next an guy's ener- backyard... it's an energetic thing more than... It's an energetic, energetic thing. thing, yeah. So it doesn't have to have double bilayers, sodium pumps, and all that stuff yeah. at all. So the, because she is of a later generation, she obviously has bought into all that membrane things uh, and like uh, that, you know, yeah. as, as many people have. They have. Uh, I, I, I recall a recent podcast by Dr. Cowan and he was talking about the blood-brain barrier, and he says he's looked into it. There is no blood-brain barrier. I mean... No, Ricky <laughs> says the same thing. There just isn't. Same thing. There's supposed to be a barrier between the eyes. It does not exist. It's just fictional. Doesn't. They made it up. Now, some things, uh, the brain has certain protections, but it's not really the kind of barrier they talk about. Uh, you know, you're going to have thinner holes and larger holes in your body to mm. put it in a, a, a functional way uh, but uh, but these barriers are often made up just like dna all these ideas are basically mythology they just make up we might as well say that what makes it rain and they'll go into carbon dioxide pressure maybe jupiter pluvius the god makes it rain oh, yeah. who really knows <laughs> So they just make so much stuff up. It's crazy. Adam Bergstrom, if you'd like to be on the show, you can call us, 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. And uh, you can talk to him. And we have a lot to talk about this morning. Matthew Arrow will be here later, Gator, on oneradionetwork.com. Uh, next month, we're going to have three years of working with hydrogen, the molecular hydrogen. Um, George George Wiseman makes the machines, and he makes a really good one called the AquaCure machine. The AquaCure machine, and you can get one, and the promo code is uh, one radio, 20% off. It's a pretty good deal. Oh, let's see what's on this slide. What's the most important nutrient by volume in your body? Hmm, hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, uh, oh, hydrogen by volume. Wow. 2% everything else. Interesting. Uh, hi, uh, hi, Adam also can show you on the little um, uh, uh, elemental scale that hydrogen is the only one on both sides. And uh, there's some curious things about that. We'll ask him to tell you why. So we, we like it. We think it's a great uh, tool. Um, you can get one at 20% off. You breathe the air. You breathe the hydrogen gas, and then you drink the water. We bubble into the water, and uh, it's, a, it's a great antioxidant, but it's a food. It's really a food. It doesn't kill anything. It, doesn't do, it, just, it just gives energy, chi, mojo to everything in your body. 
And that's the way it works. And uh, I like it. I think you will too. And the 20% discount is just a very good thing for you to do right now. And then you can jump into your sauna and sweat it out. Here's physicist, biologist, chemist, Dr. Gerald Pollack on far infrared saunas. Infrared uh, energy is what builds this fourth phase of water. And the idea of a sauna, you know, you go in and you sweat and you, you receive this infrared energy and you feel great after you, uh, after you come out. I felt uh, the same and so have so many people. And most of us think, well, you know, it's just uh, some sort of psychological issue and it, 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 it might be. However, Experimentally, we know that infrared energy builds the fourth phase. Your cells should be or should be filled with this fourth phase, but, uh, but you know, we're, we tend to be somewhat dehydrated uh, and missing some of this, this fourth phase. And so what happens is if you subject yourself to infrared, the infrared is absorbed by your body, absorbed by your cells, and it converts ordinary water to fourth phase water and then you feel better how cool is that structuring the water in your body with the relax far infrared sauna that's pretty cool patrick oh we have it on sale well we have it on sale every day yeah you've heard the idea of a everyday low price that's generally a marketing a marketing term but for us it's not this is a, a price that we have worked out with um uh the distributor to allow us to sell it at this price which is twelve ninety five tax title license in the lower forty eight, so it's it's really uh, well worth um, your time to to get one now in your health, and I think you can do in a sauna every day for the rest of your life, and I just think you'll be better off for it. But you know, just me, I do it every day. I just think they're great, and uh, um, somebody, yeah, you know, just you know. Do it. It's also very good uh, uh, for the heart as well. Um, Rhonda Patrick, who has a video on One Radio Network on the sauna page, she talks about the benefits of heat shock proteins and the and the heart and sauna. So uh, get one. And the way to get one is to email me Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com and tell me where you live, and we'll give you the best price ever, 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 ever. No matter where, and ship them all over the world as well. I think every word but Germany. I don't know why Germany doesn't want us to do it. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. SolarTiming.com, Adam Burks. <laughs> By the way, on hydrogen, yeah. uh, on the periodic table, it's on both sides, both sides of the periodic table of the elements. And what uh, Dr. August, uh, first she said that it was neutral, but actually it's not. The thing about Risi is biological dualism and disease dualism. So everything in every row has to have a companion. Now, you look at the top row, you see hydrogen and helium. <clears throat> but according to Ravisi and according to scientists, those are the unsociable elements, helium, neon, 
argon, krypton, xenon, etc., radon, down the line. They don't react chemically at all. Hmm. So how come, what is hydrogen to do if it doesn't have anything to react to? Because it has to have a acid and alkaline state. Well, it does. It works both ways. So you have hydrogen on one side of the table, hydrogen on the other side of the table. No other element in the universe does that. It's on both sides of the periodic table. Now, most charts don't even show that. Yeah. But hmm. they'll, if you look at it, the, the, the confused people say it's ambiguous. They don't know what it does. But actually, it does both. It can be reductive. It can be oxidative. It can work with carbon dioxide. It can work with oxygen. No other element can do that. Could that be some of the magical properties why we like this technology? Because it, it, yes. it, can, it can go both ways. It's kind of a trance. No, I shouldn't use that word. <laughs> hydrogen, you know, it's the secret of water. H2O. H2O, yeah. Hydrogen. Two parts hydrogen. H2. Two H's. Two H's. Two H's and one O. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's good yeah. to know. The water shows a, uh, a uh, it looks like a Mickey Mouse. The yeah. two ears are the uh, hydrogen and then the oxygen is in the middle. They've, they've compared it to a Mickey Mouse ears. I think the angle is 111 degrees too, something like that. So that, that would also uh, play along with the idea of hydrogen is one of the most prolific molecules in the universe, I believe. It's like... 99% by weight. Whoa. Like, because it's a little bitty molecule. It's the smallest one. That's why it can go any place. Wow. It can go places other ones can't because it's so tiny. It's and so that's why hmm. the tiny elements float to the top of the periodic table. You will find hmm. the heavy ones, the big ones, float to the bottom. Just like if you have water and you have some heavier things in, they clunk, end up on the bottom. Huh. And the gases rise to the top. That's why there's so many gases on the top and lighter elements. This is the same in our body. The the ones that are heavier go deeper into the body, into the DNA, into the sub-DNA, into places like that. The lighter ones end up in our lungs and our breath and our bones and external parts of our body and our skin. It's actually based on the chart, and no one seems to talk about it. Yeah, well, that's pretty fun. That's great. Um, Same thing happens on the Earth. The gold is heavy. It goes to the, goes bottom. To the bottom. Why right? does it come to the top? Volcanoes. That's the only way. Otherwise, it'll stay near the bottom. Iron is heavier, goes to the bottom, goes to the core. The heavier elements go down. Ravisi noticed that, too, in geology. And then, of course, most of the Earth is covered with water, which is hydrogen, <laughs> hydrogen and oxygen. It's everywhere. It's, it's in our air, it's in our water, it's in the ground, it's in all of our, of our chemistry and geology. Well, good. Well, that's, that's cool. Um, so, Adam says... Somebody just asked you about... Oh. So, what does Adam think about just doing fats and carbs... And not protein, fats and carbs. I don't know about that. Won't one. work. Won't work. You're gonna need protein. You're gonna need protein. <laughs> need protein. Yep. Quality protein. Now in solar nutrition, you get it in three growth zones. You get the one that grows on trees, like in an almond. You get the one uh, in the midday, uh, out of Brewer's yeast or beef 
or pork or whatever you're going to eat. And then at nighttime, you can get it out of fish. There's lots of good eating fish out there that are low in uh, DHA, like uh, orange roughy, cod, if you avoid the liver. There, and, and in, this, in the uh, southern areas, there's all kinds of fish. The, floor, the, the fish in Florida are different than the fish in Washington State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cod is good. You just don't want to do the cod liver, right? Do the cod liver. Yeah. The cod liver can be a problem. Now, for emergencies, you know, we're, we can't totally avoid omega-3s. There's just no way to do it because they're there. And though so Ray Pete, I, I sort of get the idea. He says they have no biological use. They're just toxic. I don't quite agree with that, if that is what he believes. But it's like, I would not go to Whole Foods and say, do you have a cortisol uh, supplement? I need a cortisol supplement because I'm low in cortisol. Oh, I'm low in adrenaline too. Where's your adrenaline section? It's the same thing. I wouldn't go in, but they do for an omega-3. Omega-3s come from stress. They come from all kinds of other problems. We probably do need them for something, and we can make them. Our body out of sugar makes omega-9 fatty acids. And out of those, you can make anything you want, including any type of saturated fat or unsaturated fat. So I'm sure they have some purpose. But again, I'm not going to go to Whole Foods and order a cortisol supplement. No, I don't think so. You can do a spirulina smoothie or something something like that. They would probably call the man with the butterfly net to take me to the, the booby hatch. Um, can Adam give his recipe for treating a cold or flu symptoms with sugar, and how is it supposed to work? Okay. Wait, my recipe for sugar? No, your recipe for treating cold or flu symptoms with sugar, with uh, sugar, with sugar. You know, all you have to do is add more sugar to your diet, and you fight the colds better. See, sugar fights inflammation, plain sugar. A starch doesn't. It makes more inflammation. But, uh, for instance, if I get an abscess, I just load my mouth up with sugar. Sometimes it takes a teaspoon of it. Sometimes it takes a uh, half a jar to get rid of it. And if that doesn't work, then I do have to go to thieves' oil, aloe vera, garlic, other types of things. But often the sugar works by itself. It's been used for bed sores, all kinds of other inflammatory things. Now, if you don't want to eat refined sugar like I do, uh, sweet fruit, you know, mangoes, uh, dates, things like that will actually serve the purpose. You don't have to eat white sugar i am an experiment remember because i just bought another 50 pounds of sugar uh two weekends ago crazy just crazy big bags and i put them all in mayonnaise jars the mayonnaise jars i used to eat all the time that caused a lot of problems so what do you think the sugar is doing for you uh it's protecting me against old age (laughs) is one of the things and inflammation and uh, it gives me the energy to think more so that the pregnenolone and the drugs I'm taking now, because I am on drugs, uh, uh, have actually steeped up my, uh, my practical brain power. I mean, I've always been kind of an egghead up there in the clouds. Yeah. You know? 
uh, I've noticed, and you can notice, any of your uh, listeners can go back to my old blogs and see how my writing style has improved. Now, that's doing it. I've did, done over 2,000 blogs for you, and so I'm improving. But I notice, since I've been doing Pregnenolone, I can write a lot faster. I, I wrote hmm. most of that letter that I sent you sitting on the couch here while in 10 minutes while while Vibrant Gal was making breakfast. So <laughs> it wow. just shows the difference. Well, so, normally, I'm a really slow writer like Hemingway. I mean, I just agonize. I admire people who can just write out something with no grammatical errors. So when you say you're on drugs, you're not really on drugs. You're, you're taking pregnenolone and DHE. DHE, yeah. And DHA. Yeah. So yeah. I guess you could say they're not really. No, they're not and really. And progestin I take too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I do take a little bit of thyroid, but I'm experimenting with that in very tiny amounts. Me too. Yeah. I'm taking a little razor blade. I don't seem to notice anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't notice right. any different at all. I'm, so we probably don't need any. So I, I'm the same way. I got that Sinoplus, uh, Sinoplus, right, with a razor blade. And I'll take a little bit couple of bits every every now and then but I don't feel any difference in it all so probably just I do w- notice the difference from the progestee yeah. uh, and I noticed the difference definitely from the pregnenolone very profound uh, difference and we had of course a major healing crisis here that it worked on that I'm not going to go into the details on that you know about that, that actually virtually probably saved uh, one of our lives Is that, maybe yeah. both of ours yeah I keep yeah that I, was a, April was a bad month <laughs> for us I keep saying I'm going to try the pregnenolone DHEA thing uh, experiment but I haven't quite done it yet maybe I really will do it What's the difference, writes uh, Leonard, uh, between starch and sugar? Starch and sugar. Starch and sugar. Well, simple carbohydrates, well, actually not carbohydrates, simple sugars and carbohydrates are how they're linked. A starch will always have a glucose related to it. Glucose, glucose, glucose. No sucrose, no fructose, Mm. no mannose, no lactose, none of that. Has to be that way. Your other sugars are very versatile. Like sucrose is composed of glucose and sucrose. You can never find that in a a complex uh, starch. Fructose is separate. Mannose, uh, uh, lactose, all of those are separate. You will never find them in a carbohydrate. So they are very different. Now, carbohydrates are not going to kill you if you cook them very well and you combine a fat with them. You don't have to combine a fat with the sugar, really, unless you're going to get a spike. But yeah, you could, though. In fact, I do. I do. I'm a butter boy. When during the Second World War, when I was a child, they rationed one stick of butter per family per month my parents came home and i took the new i had they had left the new stick on the table i ate it all i ate the whole thing and i love fat i i go crazy if i don't have some kind of fat so if it wasn't for saturated fat and olive oil and butter and cheese and things like that it would be really difficult for me to survive yeah yeah. it's that's, that's really a brain thing all the fat too it's really good for the brain right and sugar. It, it is. Yeah. It, we're not called 
fatheads for nothing. That's cholesterol on our brain. Hmm. The cholesterol is necessary for the neurology of our brain to work. Hmm. So I we're not soul traveling. Of course, we can do that thought process without it. But to link it so that we can explain it to someone else, then usually it takes uh, the cholesterol to do that. Fatheads. So... Almost all of the, the carnivore people I've been, there's a few of them, we're going to get a couple of them on, and really smart guys, doctors, like, uh, you know, Chafee's a brain surgeon, and just on it, on it. So I wonder, I want, well, I guess they're getting enough fat from the meat that they're eating. Huh? And, and all of them talk about eating extra fat, too. Okay, so that's what's driving, that's what's running their brain, the fat. Definitely. And if you go back in our history, uh, we have had a variety of diets. We've, mostly they found, to their amazement, by doing dental paleontology, whatever you call it, they went back and found we're starchivores. Uh, throughout history, we mostly ate starch. Like we ate potatoes? the bark off trees. <laughs> we ate all kinds of things like that. And then we went through phases in certain places where we ate nothing but meat, too. As one uh, paleo dentist or whatever he was uh, called, he said, why we survived is we can eat the good, the bad, and the ugly. And get away with it, yeah. yeah. And get away with it. I mean, think of the variety. There have been strong men who ate nothing but meat, no vegetables, and there have been strong men who ate nothing but vegetables sure. and no meat. Sure. Uh, William Banker comes to mind. He could lift an elephant <laughs> with a with a with someone sitting on it. Uh, he was a vegetarian. Yet then you also have Leroy Colbert and a whole bunch of meat eaters who say, man, I couldn't lift a weight if I didn't have a bunch of meat. Both are valid. We are extremely versatile, and that explains our survival. Try and give a dog a vegetarian diet, yeah, or a lion a vegetarian diet, or a cow meat or fish. It's not going to work. Humans, give them fish, give them meat, give them broccoli, give them uh, corn. They're going to survive. Yeah. Did you, did, did you we, we've been playing a, a video by a doctor. He's a carnivore dude. Really interesting guy. I think his name is Ken Barry. Barry, we've been running a video, and he was talking about uh, the um, ostomy bags that they put on people. And he talked to some people. You know how they they put them in the colon and and different parts of your small intestine. You know uh, when they they and and then he's been looking at this and then working with a lady who's changed in uh, thousands of them, and she says. Because he was making an argument that the vegans claim that meat putrefies in your colon. And he says that it doesn't get anywhere near the colon, that it's gone by then. Because uh, this ostomy person, this ostomy bag lady, that, and she emptied this thing, and she would actually look at him to see what was in there. And she said the only thing she found in there, not the only thing, but mostly, was um, broccoli, um, corn, uh, nuts, peanuts that made it all the way through interesting I heard you talk about isn't that, that yeah, funny one of your shows I, maybe it was with Dr. Massey wherever it was I heard it yeah I've seen you, that you though know, where I've eaten corn and you see it come out in the toilet I mean what's up with that how can it go through everything and still be there you know we, huh. one of the things is definitely meat will digest 
better in the stomach than vegetables do. Yes, they do. That has been proven by uh, Dr. Beaumont, who we named, not the town of Beaumont, but other places have been named after Beaumont. He was a, he was a medical surgeon, and he got to look at someone's stomach because there was a hole in it from a musket shot. Whoa. And so he kept this guy prisoner for about over well over a decade, decade and measured every meal to see what would happen. Well, if you don't chew vegetables, you're in trouble. They're, they're not going to break down. They just don't. They, no matter how long they stay there, and they can get stuck in your intestine. If you chew vegetables, they digest rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, when you and take cook, commercial cooked beef, vegetables, right? Cooked vegetables. Even raw. How do you See, I, I, I would ask Ray Pete this question. He claims that a raw carrot won't digest. Beaumont's research shows a raw carrot. It's about maybe 15 minutes different than a cooked carrot, both outside the body and inside the body. Because what Dr. Beaumont did, he wanted to see what the stomach could do with all its movements and things. And then he would take the acid out of the stomach and put it in a bowl. It usually took about three or four times longer to digest that way. But he measured both. He measured the humidity of the day, whether it was cloudy, sunny, temperature, everything like that. And the most complete studies were done between maybe 1822 to 1840 when he had this guy prisoner. He finally escaped. (laughs) And the U.S. Army wanted his body. So his relatives hid hid his dead body away so it would rot before the U.S. Army could, could confiscate it from Canada. They had crazy. enough power to go into Canada and take his body. But anyway, the research was done, and the carrots, raw carrots, cooked carrots, they digested right in the stomach. So I really don't understand Ray Pete's contention, and he said it numerous times, that the carrots won't digest. Hmm. I saw a, a video years ago there was this cow that had some real issues, and so, and in doing the surgery, he just he wanted to find out whether cows can digest corn and stuff like that, you know, grains, and and he had a hole in the stomach, and he looked at it, and and they don't digest that stuff, you know, they they just don't. Corn-fed cattle, you know, that they advertise, they don't even digest it, you know, it just it just goes through. Interesting. Yeah. A human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corn is notorious for going through and ending up in, in the colonic. When O'Donnell Lake was in the hospital for one year and nine months, uh, his doctor recommended a colonic in Canada. And so he got a colonic and corn came out and he hadn't eaten that corn in nine or ten months. Oh, no. So, <laughs> seriously. Well, how's so that even possible? In. Yeah, how's that possible? Yeah. Now, if you chew it, it's okay. But again, Dr. Beaumont knew that if you didn't chew your vegetables, they were going through solid into the toilet. That's mm. the way it worked. Or getting blocked. You know, the, uh, the small intestine is like a labyrinth. Stuff can get stuck in there and often does. Many people who eat oat bran have had to go for intestinal surgery because it gets lost in that labyrinth and gets blocked up. In fact, they had an outbreak of oat bran surgeries and doctors were warning after the first year of the fad. You remember when the fad started? I think it was in the 80s. Uh, They had so many surgeries, they said, please, no more than a third of a cup of oat bran at a time and two glasses of water with it for sure. Now, psyllium and some other things are much worse. And many colon therapists say, take psyllium to clear your colon. 
Oh my God! As a colon, as a colon therapist, I have dealt with people who had psilium, and it's like a, uh, it's like a mask. Oh, to it's, get, it's to just get like the, I had to take the it plug out of the person's anus, and they go in the toilet to dump all that crap. Yeah, yeah, I did it for a while, and it was interesting because you think you're doing good because you're you're doing lots of poops, but it's just it's just the psyllium swelling up, you know, and so I, I let that go, you know. But doctor, now if you if you have a healthy colon, it'll go right through your colon. Yeah. But if you don't have a healthy colon, and that's why you take it, it's it's a virtual danger. And think about it: who invented it? Not the holistic people, the doctors, Metamucil. Sure, Metamucil. They claim you should take it every day. You know. So somehow, by calling it psyllium, now it's a health food thing. But when you call it Metamucil, it's bad for you. It's bad for you. Um. I've discovered the vast wealth of knowledge, writes Claudia, of Dr. Ravisi's. Oh, uh, my husband and I have begun reading his book and have some questions um, for Adam Bergstrom, if you will. Okay. My husband has experienced sleep bruxism since his teenage years, and now he's in his 60s, and we have tried everything is the holistic dentist has recommended, but so far nothing seems to be helping. He doesn't have trouble falling asleep, but seems to be constantly waking up between uh, one and three. That's liver time, right? Uh, some form of mild discomfort, which his dentist says is probably related. So he's, he's grinding his teethies, and he's waking up between one and three. They could be connected, right? You got liver stuff, and you get anxious, and Uh, liver is anger, ah, right? Anger. We know that. Yeah. Okay, what expressions do we have for anger? Doesn't that jack your jaws? Oh, Remember that expression? I, That's I, a Texas expression. Ah. And what is it? Uh, the uh, They have another one about, he's got tight jaws. Tight jaws, That's yeah. another one. It, when you're angry, you tend to bite down. Ah. And at night, Many times we're goody-goodies during the day. We don't want to offend our boss or spouse, whoever. But then at night, when we loosen that uh, ability, suddenly all that stuff comes out. And it's good to work it out like that. That's one of the things that sleep does. But it's heck on your mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so mind hacking would find the exact trauma. Most people don't know how to mind hack. I've been trying to get that out to the world too but if you can't mind hack and can't figure out who's the matter with you then start yawning and stretching pandiculation you know yawn and stretch at the same time stretch in all directions rub reflex points to make you yawn even more and that will often at least mitigate the problem and sometimes you'll even get lucky and clear the problem are there certain points to help you yawn do you have to be what? Certain points that help you yawn, certain reflex points? Uh, there are many points, and they differ for certain people. Mm. Like 
when I'm the size of my chest, it makes me yawn automatically. Like here? I noticed that early in the game when I started practicing this. And sometimes it'll be your shoulders. And then I experimented with different people. And sometimes the weirdest places, you know, you could touch their the middle of their palm and it makes them yawn. So that's because the traumas are stored in certain ways. You want to punch somebody, you're going to have a problem with your hand. Uh, you don't want to uh, play the guitar, you're going to have a problem with your wrist. Uh, you don't want to work at Vegas anymore, you can have the same kind of problem at tendinitis or something. Yeah. So it depends by body language what the forbidden action is. You don't want to leave your wife. Your legs give out. You don't want to. Uh, you get the idea. Sure. Yeah. I was it's doing some really deep neck stretches the other night. I love to do it early in the morning, two or three o'clock. And I was doing it. I think one one way. I don't, oh, it was this way. And right in the middle of my the entire left side of my face, the sinus thing just kind of opened up, and it's still open breathing better than I have ever, the left side. Isn't that interesting? So now I'm going to work on this so to get this side open as well. How these things can all be so connected, it's just fascinating, isn't it? Just... Yeah, in the neck, again, by metaphor, the dictionary is the best uh, description of what goes wrong. A lot of times, if a person is a pain in the neck, guess what happens? If we want to be necking, that's another type of trauma. It depends on what your language structure is and and what you uh, expect the neck to do. We talk in metaphors. We neck. We uh, uh, we have all kinds of words like uh, heartache. Mm -hmm. What do you think that's going to do? Sure, <laughs> or yeah. a heartbreak. Oh, my God. How many people say, that breaks my heart? Guess what happens? They end up with a heart attack. Yeah. You don't have enough gall to do that. Uh, 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 a rage to live. We have all these expressions yeah. that go directly to the body, to the various place. Uh, I'm armed and dangerous. What do you think? Then the arms can get affected. Or somebody else is armed and dangerous and coming for you. We know these words and we put them right in the place of our body uh, that we, uh, we don't want affected. Yeah. Because people in certain professions, they have that happen. A, a person who uh, is a runner, their legs give them problems. A guitar player, their wrist gives them problems. Uh, all kinds of jobs like that happen. Someone will uh, be on the computer and they get uh, tendinitis and various things where they can't work on the computer correctly. Hmm. So that's how it works, yeah. by metaphor. Metaphor. Um, so uh, Claudia goes on this is the lady with the Bruxen, Bruxen teeth husband and she says we have recently begun using coconut oil almost ex exclusively in our food preparation due to research indicating it prevents many diseases of cognitive dysfunction like Alzheimer's and dementia and my husband has noticed that the more coconut oil he eats the more constipated he becomes. Hmm. While I've not become a cons as constipated, I am less regular than I was before I started doing the coconut oil. And then suddenly I noticed more varicose veins appearing all over my legs. And when I eat it, it seems like all the veins, like all the veins in my arms, legs, torso, float to the surface and become significantly more visible. I can actually feel some of the veins squirming around as more towards the surface uh, near my feet 
does, do you believe that the saturated fat or something else in the coconut oil could be causing these issues? Hmm. Hmm. Coconut you know, oil. I'm not a big fan of coconut oil. Yeah. It's, I, uh, it's not even we, saturated we fat, is it, Adam? It's not saturated fat. Co- coconut oil? No. Oh, it's saturated. Yeah, I thought you have to be an aminal to be saturated. No? Mm, no. Okay. No, you can be coconut is, is totally saturated. It In is? Fact, okay. It's, it's the only oil supposedly having no omega-3s, uh, omega-6s, but that's not quite true. There's always a trace. That's why I remember Ray Pete went and got refined coconut oil, even with that state. He gave that up. His favorite oil now is olive oil, too, as mine is. Olive oil in the Mediterranean diet, that's the, uh, the cure for constipation. Uh, I think coconut oil is overrated. Mm. I, I don't think it's as bad as, as fish oil or even omega-6s and other types of oil. But I think if you overdo the uh, coconut oil, you can get into problems. Particularly, to me, coconut oil is a morning oil. I don't take it at the midday or nighttime. Olive oil is a neutral oil. It's such a super oil that I think even Ray Pete knows that you can rub olive oil on your tummy and it'll go into your intestines. Really? No other oil will get through that skin barrier. I should try that before a sauna. I I didn't realize you could do olive oil on your tummy. Well, that's a good idea. Dr. Robert Gray long time ago in the 70s wrote a book a little book called colon health about mm. the size of those books dr don's back used to put, put yeah. out you know yeah. colon health and he was the first one that talked about that that don olay had already told us that but then i read it in his book too and he's recommended you put maybe a little cayenne in the olive oil too as a carrier to get it eat get it in even faster oh that's fun but robert gray wrote a very good book on detoxing called colon health it might be still available on the internet probably is it's a classic and he definitely said that olive oil is the only oil that will go completely through the to get into the large intestines Hmm. and olive oil is neutral i mean morning noon or night so I rely on it a lot, especially yeah. when I was on the road. I'm not going to bring peanut oil and coconut oil and olive oil and all these oils with me. I just brought olive oil with me. I wonder how, um, for this lady and her husband, could cause a slower elimination or and even constipation, coconut oil. That doesn't seem, doesn't more oils just lube things up and push them out? Well, I can tell you for sure that's not the major problem. Okay. It's something else they're something eating else in their diet yeah. that's doing that. But And what's happening is the, the coconut oil is complicating it by not helping it go. I see. Because coconut oil isn't really going to give you diarrhea. Uh, if you Con- the constipation. Guaranteed, yeah, constipation. if you drink a quart of olive oil, you're going to have diarrhea. Yeah. There's no way around it. Yeah. I've I, tried it. <laughs> I like to do... A couple of tablespoons of coconut oil in the morning when I'm rebounding and, you know, exercising a little bit. And then, you know, do the, what do you call that? What do you call that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you're just kind of moving around in your mouth for 20 minutes. And then I just swallow it because I figure, what the heck, you know, might as well just swallow it, you know. You know, I swallow, now when I oil pull, 
and I use oh, that's what's uh, called oil pulling. In it. Yeah. I swallow it because of the antibodies. It's like drinking your urine. Sure, it might but well. I don't have to go to the trouble of uh, of going to the bathroom and putting a glass on. I just do it. Do oil pull for 20, 30, sometimes 40 minutes, and then I just swallow it. Oh, oh that's what's called oil pulling. Yeah, I couldn't have, the uh, the word wasn't coming to just so you put you know, the progestees in there? Skeptical. You put the progestees? Yeah, I put progestee in it <laughs> every time now. Oh. I was kind of skeptical about oil pulling until I started having some problems there. And Vibrant Gal kept telling me she's a big fan of it. And uh, I have to admit, she's right. The, the studies that claim it doesn't work are incorrect. It really does help. What is it supposed to do? What does it do? Well, it's supposed to prevent uh, cavities and things like that and work on abscesses and all kinds of problems. Mm. And I'm here to tell you it does because I've had lots of dental problems due to mind hacking. Conditions <laughs> uh, like not getting a bite out of life, uh, not disconnected from nature, all of those kind of things I've experienced during my life and uh, ended up with dental problems. Yeah, 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 you did. Well, I think your teeth. Now, when are, I was a kid, I, I think if you hang around long enough, your teeth are going to grow grow back. I think they're going. Yeah. I really believe that's true because it's much more common than people realize. And I've met two people. Uh, you know, one person's grandfather grew teeth back, and one person told me that his buddy uh, had the most terrible teeth, and he grew a new set—not baby teeth. He grew adult teeth in his 20s wow. and a perfect set of teeth he had his baby teeth he had his second teeth and then he got a third set of teeth in his 20s which i've never heard of before there are even people who have grown three sets of teeth yeah like a shark like a shark so i think that i think personally i think that if you really think about this and you want to do it and you think about it and you believe it and you put notes on your refrigerator, and you think about it, and you contemplate it, and you really believe it. I think you can do it. I think it, I think it. You can do it. I mean, why not? Why? What would see? There's no limits to what spirit or whatever you want to call chi mojo, working through soul in our bodies can do. There's no limits, is there? Come on, we know there's no limits. Speaking of that, you've been doing uh, things to bring on rain. You brought on rain here two days yeah. ago. It actually rained in July, which is I've, I've never seen in California history. It rained in July. It wasn't much, but it actually rained, and it was, my car was all soaked. I had to bring my shoes in because you can leave your shoes out in California in July. It never rains in Southern California, and it rained. We got an inch the other day, and uh, you know, no way it was in the weather forecast. It was just nothing. It just came in. Now I I don't do I don't have the power to do that. I'm just working with spirit working through me because this is what I want, and spirit wants to give us what we want. This is how I think it works. I really do because you know why else would not God want to give His children everything that they want? Come on, why would you know what I'm saying? Why God would say, well, no, you can't have that because you've been bad. No, that's all BS, man. Just Tell God what you want and believe it. I mean, prayer has been used in that way since the beginning of time, and many people have, miraculous things have happened, which is kind of what prayer is. But you got to believe, baby, that belief is the thing because it keeps it in your consciousness, right? It keeps it there. Yeah. 
I want to ask you about mind hacking um, and the book, but I want to do a commercial first. So stay right there. Adam Bergstrom, OneRadioNetwork.com, and we're going to talk about his mind hacking book. And now that I know how to, what am I looking for? Now that I know how to get the uh, PDF into my little uh, thing, I'm going to ask Adam to send me a the mind hacking thing on PDF and I'm going to read it because then I can read it on my little tablet. I got my little tablet. You got to have a tablet, man, because I don't like reading on a computer. Uh, Kids, if you'd like to get some gold and silver coins, may I uh, encourage you to call Fred Dashevsky. Fred is at 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646. Two six four six, and he buys and sells gold and silver coins. Yep, baby. Now this is real American money, money that was made at the mint. So all of the coins that he sells have a limited numismatic value. Well, not all. There's a whole category of coins called coin silver, which is dimes and quarters and halves, and silver dollars, pre-65, and those were like, not like, but they were made of silver, like 90% silver. I use like again. They are 90% silver. So you can buy a thousand dimes, pretty cool, and also 10 silver dollars from 1878 to 1920, so you get a thousand dimes, 10 pre-65 silver dollars, oh, at the, actually, yeah, for $4,850. That is really a nice, nice price if you work it out on your calculator. So you're going to have a thousand dimes, and then, you know, if we do a Mad Max thing, or if silver, it just goes to 50 bucks someday, which we think it will, or 100 you're going you're gonna to have a lot of money. If you need money, just save it. Who knows what's going to go on with central bank digital currencies or crazy stuff. That, you know, they're going to they're gonna do all kinds of weird stuff. Try to, anyway. Um, you know what I mean. They're just going to do it because they're, they're nuts. They're nice people. They mean well. They're just confused, you know. I have to be careful what I think about people. I'm changing that whole thing in my lexicon of thinking. I'm not into telling people that they're nuts anymore. So I take that back. They're just confused. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just confused. When's the last time you had some colostrum, baby? Previously, Dr. Richard Massey talks about colostrum. When you get certain vaccines, you get leaky gut from it. Mm -hmm. Now remember, we're all born with leaky gut, big holes in our gut, but there's no poop in there because we haven't been eating in the womb, right? And so nature's vaccination program is to get mama's colostrum, which has all the immune factors in it, right? Mm -hmm. So the gut is wide open. It's got leaks in it. So this colostrum can come through like an injection. When it does, the leaky gut closes. So that's why the colostrum we take helps uh, heal, seal it se- the gut. It seals the leaky gut. But people who are vaccinated tend to have chronic leaky gut because the gut is waiting 
for the real thing. So people's guts are open, like, hey, where's, when is the real stuff coming in? Can the cow stuff do it? The cow stuff does it as well. Oh, it does. So you put those immune factors in with colostrum before eating meals. Mm-hmm. It goes in. It's nature's vaccination program. It closes the leaky gut. Then your autoimmune stuff goes down. Your food allergies go down. Wonderful stuff happens. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> we love this product. Colostrum, lots of different sizes to choose from. It's a great product. Click and order Colostrum. Any of the survival links, it's right here on OneRadioNetwork.com. You know Daniel Vitalis, we've talked about Daniel for years, and he has pine pollen, elk velvet antler, which I really recommend, guys. If you want to uh, get things happening uh, in a better um, way south of the border, you know what I mean, jelly bean, uh, uh, elk velvet antler, pine pollen, and then this little guy from... Uh, um, Shen Blossom arise you put these three guys together and um, your girlfriend will probably have to tie you down so you don't go downtown uh, catting around uh, so if these are <laughs> yeah you really, it'll work it'll get things going if things aren't happy down there in, in happy land so uh, pine pollen alfalfa and antler these are all from Sir Thrival uh, and Colostrum on one radio network.com uh, this is something that I do twice a day, and this is pearl seam. It's made from real pearl, and I'm also starting to experiment and take more of it internally. Internally, calcium will settle things down. This is a real calcium from pearl, so it will not go into your arteries, but it'll go into your bones and hair, skin, and nails. And calcium is a good thing to have. Dr. Pete uh, recommends that you drink milk, get it, and you can do that. But I'm starting to take some of these calcium, pearlcium capsules as well as brushing my teeth. So two ways to do it. You brush your teeth with it and then take the pearlcium. And again, it's not from a, a busted up rock. This is from real pearl, a once living source, which is what we want to promote. We don't uh, promote things from, you know, from rocks and stuff like that. Not that I have anything against rocks, but you know what I mean. So pearlcium uh, it's a great product to brush your teeth and then also take internally on OneRadioNetwork.com. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We're having a good time talking to SolarTiming.com guru, Adam Bergstrom. Now, Adam, that's where you have all of your ebooks, right? And well, how many do we have now? 45 or so. 45 ebooks. And they average, what, about 10 bucks, something like that? They range from 599 That's only one, though. Mostly 10.99, which is usually the big ones like butterflies, mesmerism, or the complete set of yellow fat disease 14 bucks all for 99 dollars wow you want to really learn about yellow fat things um i've even added some uh, appendixes to that set for people because certain questions come up that weren't uh, relevant before or weren't known before about yellow fat disease so i add to it yeah. as we go Excellent. so uh i think i've only put a few on but i probably will do more I, like i can't stay away from it because it's obviously there and yeah. it causes so many problems that people don't realize three of the seven deadly sins of aging are 
caused by yellow fat disease. That's three out of seven. And the main culprits to initiate yellow fat disease are omega-3s, right? And PUFAs? Omega-3s. Because you can't get them from omega-6s. Now, I disagree with Ray Pete on that, but I don't know if he's ever come out with it. I believe both of them cause the problem. But in all of my research, 14 books have a lot of studies. In fact, they're kind of boring in that way for the studies. I try to put explanations in between to take the boredom out. But when you are making a case as almost absurd as I'm making it compared to everybody else recommending it, you have to have studies to show that it's true, that every animal from bears to salmon suffer from yellow fat disease and lipofuscin. Hmm. So I have a lot of studies there. Yeah. 